because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes. One thing, I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind. I designed this ride to explain it through time. All I know, time is a valuable thing. Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. Watch it count down to the end of the day. The clock takes life away. It's so unreal. Didn't look out below. Watch the time go right out. Welcome to another Just Informed Talk radio show. I'm your host, Craig James. We have quite a show for you today. First of all, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you for tuning in and being with us. Feel free to call in today as well. You can call or text. The number's always open, 877-536-1360. And, uh, of course, as you guys know... Today is Friday, which means this show will in, uh, include our Tinfoil Friday segment in the second hour where we go down the rabbit hole, take the red pill, and follow the white rabbit. As they say, today is an interesting one. We're going to be talking about Jeffrey Epstein a little bit. We're going to be talking a little bit about Pizzagate, and we're going to be talking about some other things that are very fascinating that uh, will take us directly into the rabbit hole and uh, prepare to take your red pill with me here today because there is even more that we're going to cover, including AI reaching a singularity and just a bunch of other stuff. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that coming up in the second hour. But here in the first hour, we have some news we're going to go through Going to kind of catch everyone up with the news of the day. Of course, major stories coming through. So I guess the big story, right, if we're being honest, is the complete lack of interest in the Newsom-DeSantis debate last night. I mean, it was quite a snoozer. You have two uniparty globalists getting together and discussing... Well, I guess you could call DeSantis a, a secret globalist, but nonetheless, he works with the Uniparty establishment, neocon regime, and uh, he would be in favor of the endless wars and everything else. He, he would get his talking points, his orders from Bush, just like oh, uh, Biden gets his from Obama. So the debate was kind of a snooze fest, as I said. I mean, I didn't watch it personally. I, I kind of thought it would completely blow up my social media timelines but in all reality it didn't it was a failure there's only like three clips i saw that were even worth sharing here i'll share some of those later uh in the segment here but the truth of the matter is that as as much of a non-event as it was what i thought was the most hilarious thing is that you know i see all these de paid desantis trolls in my timeline all the time and you know for whatever it's worth these people are uh, you know completely unhinged for the most part they're they're vile they're they're just you know really mean-spirited which is that's fine that's their right you know freedom of speech that's fine with me but What's interesting is, and their logic is completely flawed on, on most of their arguments. All they have is 
Trump's bad because he's this or that. And it doesn't, you know, they don't really make arguments for DeSantis. They just make arguments against Trump. But what's interesting to me is they weren't even sharing anything from the debate, which I thought, that's strange. Why aren't they sharing it? And then I realized it's because Ron is, is, wasn't not, was not doing very well. Let's put it that way. He had a few zingers here and there, but to be quite honest, it, it really was what you'd expect watching two uniparty, you know, these refined politically coached candidates up there saying the scripted handwritten, you know, talking points here, say this, this is what you're going to say about that. This is what you're going to, there was no truth really. The, the, the big moment of the night was when, uh, <laughs> it was when Ron DeSantis pulled out a, a map of the poop that covered San Francisco. I mean, you can't make it up that, See, this is the thing, right? They want us to believe that 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 DeSantis is a hardline, you know, conservative. He's 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 all these things. His biggest moment last night was holding up a picture of crap, literally. And I, I, I'm not impressed, but hey, some people might be. The funny thing is, though, that there was a line there that that Gavin got in that I thought was uh, rather poignant, although perhaps misleading given what we know about him and what's coming up in 2024. Uh, here is the the big one-liner that Gavin dropped that I thought was, uh, that a lot of people have talked about as being uh, pretty much a <laughs> an interesting one. I'll just play it here. You, you guys listen to this. You and President Trump are really trying to light democracy on fire. So, Sean, there are profound differences tonight, and I look forward to engaging them. But there's one thing in closing that we have in common is neither of us will be the nominee for our party in 2024. Yeah, yikes. That was one of the big highlights there from that debate. Gavin telling DeSantis that neither him or... DeSantis, not neither Gavin or DeSantis will be the candidate in 2024. And I hope that he is right. My suspicion is that could be something you say if you think you're going to be the candidate. Because here's the scenario that I, I keep running through in my head. There, if we, let's try to like unpack this, right? Obviously, if, if everything was fair, Trump would be the nominee and Trump would be the president today. And he'd probably somehow be able to run for a third term. I don't know how that would work, but because the system is rigged, because there is a uniparty, because it's not just being rigged by one side, it's being rigged by both. IE like what you're seeing with Ron McDaniel completely tanking the party. You have to sit back and think to yourself, okay, what if they do put Trump in jail somehow? I mean, it, it, will he run from jail? I, probably. They'll probably make him more popular. I don't know. I'll vote for Trump regardless of what the situation is. Uh, Tucker Carlson came out and did an interview with Roseanne where he said pretty much that. 
which uh, I'll play that clip hopefully later here in the show as well. But what I find very interesting about the entire thing is that there is a scenario where they take out Trump, right? And we all know what it is. Tucker's talked about it. Many people have talked about it. We, we looked at, on this show here, what happened JFK. It's a very real possibility. I pray to God it doesn't happen. I pray to God that our country will not fall that far from where we are now today even. But it could happen. It's not impossible. And I think in that scenario, of course, then you would have the neocons fill the void again. And of course, then you would you know, basically be left with no real other choice. I mean, I like Vivek. I think he said a lot of things, and I, and I trust that he is making the, the right course corrections with his career to get the truth out there, which I think is important. But personally speaking, I can only see this going a, a couple of ways. And one of them is where it's a, you know, they do something to try to take out Trump, whether it's imprisonment or they remove him from the ballot altogether, or heck, you know, with Ron McDaniel running the GOP and all of that happening, I mean, they could try to steal the, the nomination somehow, rig it. You go, that's crazy, but they were able to steal an entire United States presidential election. Let's, let's keep that in the back of our mind here. And if they're able to get away with that, I don't know. You would think that a, a stealing a, a primary nomination would be fairly simple. But I don't know. We're going to keep looking at these stories. I have more information, more news to cover. Stay tuned. You're listening to Just Forbes Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. All of my guns work. Do yours? Find out, 970-776-0258. My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com. That's 970-776-0258. Yes, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Let us help. Listen to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Saturdays at 11, right here on AM 1360. to Just Informed Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James, and we're continuing down the rabbit hole. 
but we're going to get there after we go through some more news. So, of course, we're talking about Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis having their debate, which, look, if you believe what these people are saying, then I can just say, all I can say is this, that they will be deceivers and they will lead you down a primrose path to destruction because that's what they are there to do functionally. You know, I, I it was yesterday's show. We had our good friend of the show, J.D. Plorable from Swamp Fight on, and we kind of went into the Trump versus DeSantis debate as far as, you know, basically I was trying to make the point. My argument was DeSantis and Biden are the same thing. You know, you're, you're getting a bit of relief, maybe economically, maybe some policies that, that you might favor. But ultimately, I would say that would be putting us back on the path toward globalist infiltration and takeover, right? Not that it, we're not already on the path as it stands. And we had a caller, Brian, call in, and he gave some great points about the fact that you know, if you bring in DeSantis, if you just say, you know, the whole point is this, right? It's it's about extortion. That's the way I would describe it. It's like when the mafia comes in and they say, oh, well, you know, it'd be a shame if, you're, if your business burned down. But if you pay my, my buddy over here, you know, a few hundred bucks a week, he'll, he'll look after things and make sure nothing goes wrong, you know? And that's what the neocons have essentially done to us. They've signed on with the Uniparty. They are a part of the Uniparty. They are what makes up the Uniparty. And they've they've basically made it so that the threat is, well, you know, you, it'd be a shame if uh, you guys voted for Donald Trump and then we were to, uh, you know, arrest him and have him ineligible on certain ballots in certain states so you might as well just go with our friend here, Ron DeSantis, and then, hey, you know what? Things will get better. Don't worry. Uh, there may be another 9-11. There may be another Patriot Act. There may be a few wars. But at least, you know, at least we'll be in charge because we'll take care of you. You just give us, the cu- give, us a, give us a cut. And that's what it essentially is. That's the way I see it. That's just my humble opinion. So here was the viral moment, not really viral. I say viral. I mean, this clip so far, it doesn't have that many views. And as compared to like, what was it, when Trump went on Tucker and they got 250 million views or something like that? Wasn't that, remember that? So they want us to believe that, you know, like this clip from the blaze here, which I think is the bigger one. It doesn't even have a million views yet. So this wasn't like a barn burner that everybody was watching. But I'll play it, and uh, you guys can make up your mind what you think here. This was like, this was DeSantis bringing the heat, quote-unquote, or, or, you know, to, to, so to speak, against Gavin Newsom. Listen to this. This, he is, needs it. this is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces 
that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags there. They cleaned everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, but they're not willing to do it for their own I mean, look, of course that sounds good. It, 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 you know, yeah, here, it's, it, there's poop all over San Francisco. They clean it up and for the communists. Anybody can make that observation. This isn't like groundbreaking stuff. These are like canned, uh, what do they have those? They have those uh, the thought groups. What are you guys know what I'm talking about, where they bring in a, a group of individuals to, you know, test lines in front of them. I don't know why that, that phrase is escaping me right now. But regardless, you understand what I'm uh, referring to. Th these are all tested and focus group. Th th you know, they get the political focus groups in there. They, they test these phrases. They, they roll them out. This is all canned. This is all scripted. This is all part of the kabuki theater, the political theater. And you know what? That's the thing with DeSantis. You're going you're gonna to feel good occasionally. But, I mean, the guy is George Bush. The guy is no different than Gavin Newsom. They're just red team versus blue team. Somebody put it yesterday in the text line. They said it's MAGA versus the Uniparty, not red versus blue. And that's the truth. This is the Uniparty. If you want it, vote for it. If you don't, don't. I don't know what else I can say beyond that. But just to show you how much of a liar Gavin Newsom is, here's a line that Gavin Newsom thought he won with, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll fact-check him. Listen to this. Didn't it did not address the question. It, it I didn't mean, I address think... the issue. Can you explain this migration out of California and going to red I mean, state? You mean, blue state? Well, hold on. You, you mean the, the, the last two years, more Floridians going to California than Californians going to Florida? No, I, I put <laughs> up on, I put up on just, the By screen. the way, that's going to be fun to fact-check, so we'll just start right there. California has no peers. Uh, California dominates, sizable 21 state populations combined. It's the fifth largest economy in the world. We dominate, number one manufacturing state. We dominate. Did so what's interesting about that clip is that he, he's challenged by saying that more people went from California to Florida than Florida to California in the last two years. And Gavin just responds, well, that's not true, right? He says it's actually true that, that more people went from California to or from Florida to California than the, the uh, inverse. Well, the reality is that in 2021, according to the statistics I've observed, uh, people from Florida to California numbered around 24,600, and people from California to or people from Florida to California numbered 24,600. People from California to Florida numbered about 37,400. And the same is even more pronounced in 2022 with Florida to California numbers being 28,500 and California to Florida numbers 50,700. And as a person who recently left the state of California myself after living there for an abysmal three years, I can tell you that that state is a big heaping pile of trash. Not the people. Most of the people, actually, believe it or not, at least in the southern, central, 
in more rural areas are actually like good red-blooded American conservatives. But the state is completely overrun in the major cities by left-wing lunatics and illegal aliens. I mean, it is it is an unimaginable thing to actually experience firsthand. It is it is very much something that you just don't you don't really see often and it, and it really is shocking. But especially for me, I, I've never, I've lived in many different states across this country. I've never lived in a state like California. The way I put it is they have, they have every law you could imagine on the books and practically none of them are enforced unless you have money to pay the state when the law is enforced. That's it. <clears throat> so basically, if you're a poor illegal immigrant, you can basically break every law and they don't do anything. Or if you're a homeless person, that you can break every law and nothing happens. Nothing happens. You can live on the street. You can smoke crack in public. You can uh, shoplift. You can... I mean, it's it's a literal free-for-all in that state. It's almost amazing to watch the level of lawlessness. but the, the and, and the level of complete two-tiered, uh, you know,ness to it all... Where you have, like, poor people can basically break every law, but if you have the money to pay a fine, or if you do, like, see, because that's the thing. It's it's the weirdest thing where, you know, obviously normal upstanding citizens, taxpayers, you know, lower middle to middle to upper middle class to upper class, I guess. If you break the law, or if you follow the law, then you're almost being an idiot because everyone else is just breaking the law with impunity except for the fact that if you break the law and you have the money, you bet your bottom dollar you're going to get arrested and you're going to be brought to court and you're going to be, you know, the, the eighth degree of the law will be used against you. But if you're poor, you can do whatever you want. No wonder why everybody, everybody's, you know, invading that, that, that uh, state from the uh, southern border so that's the highlights from the Newsom DeSantis debate not much more that I could find from it or that I thought was even really worth sharing Uh, I'll tell you this though what's interesting is that we have more news that we're gonna cover here today and I hope you guys are ready Starting here with New York Appeals Court reinstating the gag order on Trump in the Letitia James show trial. Apparently, the New York Appeals Court reinstated the gag order after it was temporarily lifted earlier this month. New York Attorney General Letitia James is seeking her $250 million, as you know, in her lawsuit. And the appellate judge, David Friedman, stayed in Goron's gag order, citing Trump's First Amendment rights a couple weeks ago. Now it's come out that the order bars Trump, that has been reinstated, it actually bars Trump, from making public statements about the staff of Manhattan Supreme Court Judge Arthur Ngoron, who is presiding over the ongoing trial. And Goron had imposed the gag order on Trump and later expanded it to cover his attorneys after they repeatedly targeted the judge's principal law clerk, Allison Greenfield. 
But here's what this story fails to mention. Why? Why are they targeting Allison Greenfield? Right? I mean, that's a, that's a reasonable question. Why are they targeting Allison Greenfield? Is it because they, they just want to take an innocent person and, and make their life miserable, like they're doing to Trump? Or is it because Allison Greenfield is a hardcore left-wing Democrat activist who is pictured online hugging Chuck Schumer, who is caught on video multiple times stating her disdain for Trump and promoting radical left-wing activism. And then they expect us to believe that this is a a, a fair and, and impartial jury or trial. There is no jury, by the way. That's the other thing. It's, it's, these are the people running the show. It's not even like a jury can hear the case. The, the, the judge, whose wife, by the way, is an unhinged left-wing lunatic who goes on social media and posts, you know, picture after meme after picture after video of, of anti-Trump rhetoric, which I'm sure is not influencing the way her judge, is, her, her judge husband is overseeing the case. That all of this is happening, and it's just like, no, there's, so there is no jury. The clerk is a left-wing lunatic, deranged left-wing activist. The judge is essentially the same. His wife is the same. There, when you remove the jury and then you have these people overseeing it, the, the, the attorney general who's overseeing the case... She's a left-wing activist who who ran on a campaign of, I'm going to start a fishing expedition to arrest Trump for crimes yet to be determined, but we will get him. And here we are. And not to mention the fact that this is a fraud case without any victims. There is no plaintiff alleging uh, wrongdoing beside the state saying that there was fraud. The bank isn't alleging wrongdoing. There is no crime here. And Tucker kind of sums it up in this statement. He, he had a, a podcast he just did with Rosie, o, uh, with Rosie O'Donnell, with uh, Roseanne Barr. And it's. It, it, I think Trump or, or Tucker here hits the nail on the head. Listen to this. I became an active Trump supporter when they raided Mar-a-Lago last summer, the summer of 2022. That, that, that's, that can't stand. No, that can't. And that I was ag- something. agree with Trump on a lot. But even if I disagree with Trump on a lot, I'd still be a Trump supporter because you cannot allow that. You cannot allow the, you know, the regime, the president of the United States to use the Justice Department to knock the front runner out of the race. You can't. I'm going to play the rest of that clip when we come back. But suffice it to say, Tucker puts a neat little bow on What's going on with these cases? All of them. Not just the one in New York, but all of them. We'll listen to that and much more coming up after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to Just Informed Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break.
This is Craig James from Just Informed Talk Radio, and I want to take a second to tell you about my friends over at thefreedompeople.org. If you guys haven't tried them, you need to give them a call today. All you have to do is go to thefreedompeople.org and set up your call. And what can they help you do? Well, through legal and lawful processes, they'll help you reduce exposure to the tax man or other bureaucratic bodies. They can help you do things like set up express trusts, which help manage your business assets and affairs effectively and privately, while helping you gain greater control of you and your family family's future. It can also help you do things like set up private membership associations, which help you restructure your business in a way that allows you to run it exactly how you want. If you believe your children should be able to receive their inheritance without paying an arm and leg in taxes, and that taxes are unjust, the government ceases to represent the interests of its people. I want you to take a second today to go to the, T-H-E, freedompeople.org and schedule your call. Let them know I sent you, but more importantly, help make sure that your future is protected and that your business and your family are protected. Hi folks, Joe Jaquin here from the Half Empty Cup of Joe Show. Are you worried about investing in the stock market, especially with Joe Biden in office? Do you really trust this economy? What if you could invest in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this, there's absolutely no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. Go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or call 888-Y-REFI-24. You can earn a fixed rate of return that's up to 10.25%. Just call 888-Y-REFI-24 or go to investyrefi.com and tell them Joe sent you. Suck a punch, somebody on the sidewalk. Carjacking old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face. Stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think it's tough. Well, try that in a small town. Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. And I'll tell you, you know, there is some truth to looking at this in a perspective that I was trying to give you from Tucker Carlson. Actually, there, there is a lot of truth. And he gives his perspective on why he is supporting Trump, but he also gives a breakdown of why all of these cases against Trump are completely unfounded. And Here's the fact, right? If you just want to break this down simply, what Trump or what Tucker says here is 100% true for most people, I think. And this is a part of why the support for Trump continues to grow is because of what Tucker says right here. Go ahead and listen to this. I became an active Trump supporter when they raided Mar-a-Lago last summer the summer of 2022 that, that that's just, that can't stand no that can't and that i was something. agree with trump on a lot but even if i disagree with trump on a lot i'd still be a trump supporter because you cannot allow that you cannot allow the you know the regime the president of the united states to use the justice department to knock the front runner out of the race you can't do that no you can't do that so it's bigger than trump it's bigger than biden it's a question of you know do you want to live in a free country with a functioning justice system you know that's exactly and right. so i'm voting for trump and if they convict him, I will send him the max donations and I will lead protests. 
That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Because, too. and by the way, if I thought that he had committed some real crime, I wouldn't feel that way, but he didn't. He and Biden are both found with classified documents at home, along with every other former high-level federal official in history, but only Trump is indicted? Like, tell me how that works. Oh, shut up. I mean, that's how we all feel. That's the truth. And that essentially explains a lot. But we have even more. I have this article from Jeff Carlson over at the Epoch Times. Is it Epic Times or Epoch Nobody's ever explained this to me. It's one of the great mysteries, I guess. Uh, here it is, though. How the Obama administration enabled the nonstop security leaks against Trump. Now, we talk about this all the time because inevitably, in every case against Trump, in all jurisdictions that he's, he's being indicted, there have been leaks after leaks after leaks. And this isn't something new. This has been going on since Trump became president. And this is kind of an article that explains what happened and how this is, is able to, to happen. And I think it's great. The Obama administration, 17 days before the inauguration of Donald Trump, revised guidelines of Section 2.3 of Executive Order 12333 called Procedures for the Availability or Dissemination of Raw Signals Intelligence Information by the National Security Agency. Although the implicate, although this was a widely overlooked re revision, the implications were broad and far-reaching, according to this article. Under the new procedure, agencies and individuals could request the National Security Agency for access to specific surveillance simply by claiming the intercepts contain relevant information that's useful to a particular mission. So no privacy protection of the raw data was undertaken, and under the new rules, sharing of information was significantly easier, and the information being shared was, in fact, raw and unfiltered. So now if we go back in time to 2016, December 15th to be exact, James Clapper, the Director of National Intelligence, signed off on two, Section 2.3 of the executive order in question here, 12.333. The order was finalized by Attorney General Loretta Lynch, who signed it on January 3rd, 2017. So the question becomes now, why was the, there such a rush for this order to be put into practice in the final days of Obama's office? An order which allowed for significant expansion in the sharing of raw intelligence to most uh, agencies? Well... I think quite simply put, it was a way to enable dissemination of information gathered by those in the Obama administration against Trump. The real question is, why was it done right before Trump took office? Well, I think we know the answer to that. Crucially, privacy protection of the underlying raw data from the NSA was specifically bypassed by the order. As the New York Times noted at the time, Quote, the new rules significantly relax longstanding limits on what the NSA may do with the information gathered by its most powerful surveillance operations, which are largely unregulated by American wiretapping laws. So on its face, the rule was supposedly put in place in order to reduce the risk that the, quote, NSA will fail to recognize that a piece of information will be valuable to another agency, unquote. But in reality, it dramatically expanded 
government officials' access to the private information of American citizens. As noted in this New York Times article, historically, quote, the NSA filtered information before sharing intercepted communications with another agency like the CIA or the intelligence branches of the FBI and the DEA. The NSA's analysts passed on only information they deemed pertinent, screening out the identities of innocent people and relevant personal information. However, with the January 3, 2017 approval of Section 2.3 of Executive Order 12333 and the associated expansion of sharing globally intercepted communications with other intelligence agencies, the other intelligence agencies would be able to search directly through raw repositories of communications intercepted by the NSA, and then they could apply such rules for minimizing privacy intrusions. So if, you, if you're not following along here, let me just kind of break this down. As Obama was leaving office, he revised a rule pertaining to intelligence sharing, which allowed raw and unfiltered intelligence gathered by the NSA, which, if you'll recall, Edward Snowden, we know, encompasses essentially everything that, that happens online in, in any kind of digital format that the raw and unfiltered version of that information was now able to be shared across all federal agencies with regard to intelligence collectors that are even remotely involved with intelligence, DEA, FBI, CIA. And then instead of the NSA filtering that content and removing innocent people, the content is then passed to these organizations directly, and then they decide who who is and who is worth filtering and who is not worth filtering which has inevitably led us to today where there is leak after leak after leak of information especially going back to what we saw with with Trump's original administration and the leaks that came out of that so when Obama's new NSA data sharing order was signed many wondered at the time at the timing and wondering why it was pressing to be rushed. But of course, in this article it says, an equally valid question is why was the order enacted so late? As it turns out, Section 2.3 was reported as being on the verge of finalization in late February 2016, as reported by the New York Times, which noted that Robert S. Litt, the general counsel of the Office of the Director of National Intelligence said that the administration had developed and was fine-tuning what is now a 21-page draft set to, of procedures to permit the sharing. It had been anticipated that the order would be finalized by early to mid-2016. Instead, for reasons that lack official explanations to this day, the section was delayed until January of 2017, and interestingly... The finalized version signed into effect by President Obama contains a provision relating to quote-unquote political process that hadn't been in place in earlier versions. Do you see what they did? This is how they've legally created their capability to weaponize the intelligence services against U.S. citizens further than they already were but specifically targeting Trump and anybody in Trump's atmosphere, anybody in his, in his uh, circle. 
So that's where we're going to pick up when we come back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Just Form Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. This is Steve at Ramsey Auto Group. Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group. Just stopping in to say hi, let you know that we're still open, still in business, and still rocking and rolling. You know, if you're looking for a good car experience, come see us. We have old school values. We still operate by handshake. We're not pushy. We want you to be happy, and uh, we have a great selection of trucks. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley. 970-443-5654. 970-443-5654. Holy fly paper! Join me, J.D. Plorable, for Swamp Fight Wednesdays at 5 p.m. and Saturdays and Sundays at noon right here on AM 1360. Lord, it's a damn shame. What the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. And we're looking at how Obama, in one of his final orders as president, in a revision to an executive order, specifically Section 2.3 of Executive Order 12.333, called Procedures for the Availability or Dissemination of Raw Signals Intelligence Information by the National Security Agency, we're looking at how This is what essentially created the ability to continuously leak classified information that would have hindered Trump's administration from 2017 going forward and has now still been exploited when you look at things like the Hunter Biden laptop and and everything else that we've seen the intelligence agency continue to do as far as sowing discord and influencing elections in our country and manipulating and uh, rigging them now to go even further though because this is i think a very valid point to uh, uh put a fine uh, point on it's not just that the the section was put in but it's the timing of it all right and that it was altered after there was a realization that trump won the election we were just reading that the, the the revision itself was originally supposed to be implemented in mid to early 2016, and it was postponed or essentially was pushed back until the last minute with the Obama administration. And there were some very critical alterations made because originally it was put together in a different way than it ended up being put out after Trump won the election, after they knew they had to sabotage the incoming administration. Because it says here, the general counsel in the office of the director of national intelligence said that the administration had developed and was fine tuning what is now a 21 page draft set of procedures to permit the sharing. And that that, order had been changed at the last second what was it what was how was it changed 
one of the items within the provision prohibited dissemination of information to the White House. And this is one of the the, uh, parts that was added later. So you got to remember, the finalized version signed into effect by President Obama contained a provision relating to, quote-unquote, a political process that hadn't been in place in earlier versions. So if Hillary Clinton was going to get in, they were going to set this thing up to broaden this intelligence sharing so it could be exploited. But when they realized Trump was getting in, they added these specific details, which ended up altering what the order effectively did, what the revision effectively did, which, because, if you'll recall, Obama was literally two weeks away from leaving the White House, the provision that they added, where it talks about prohibiting dissemination of information to the White House, would essentially have Trump coming in, in his administration, being completely blind to the information that was being shared. That's why people, you know, people keep asking, well, Trump was the president. Why didn't he see all of this coming? Why didn't he have all this information at first? Well, it's because when he got there, two weeks before he got there, to the White House, that is, they literally changed the, the law, the rules through executive order to make it so that not only could this intelligence sharing be unfiltered and raw, coming straight from the NSA that was collecting mass data against everybody and still is to this day, that then is instead of that being filtered and then given to organizations on an as-needed basis, then this executive order essentially made it so that the unfiltered, raw NSA-collected data, which we know, according to Edward Stone, was practically everything, would then become widely disseminated across all intelligence agencies, unfiltered and raw, which we know John Brennan was working with James Clapper and Jim Comey to frame Trump. So, of course, now they're taking raw, unfiltered data from the NSA, and then they're able to weaponize it. They're able to to use it to to create misleading narratives and storylines and create these special counsel investigations and to say we have information that leads us to believe Trump's a Russian agent, right? And that's how the leaks continued to get worse and worse. So people, what people don't understand is when Trump got into the office, the whole system had been rigged against him. And it's a fair thing to say it took him a while to even figure that out. Because how do you fight that? How do you do it? What do you do if you're the president you walk in and on day one, a week or two before you get there, the former president basically creates a law that sabotages your incoming administration and basically blinds you, puts puts a blindfold on you as far as intelligence data assessment and gathering. So <clears throat> that's what happened here. But the article states, in other words, prior to the 2017 signing of Section 2.3, it appears the greater latitude existed for officials in the Obama administration to gain access to information. But once the order was signed into effect, Section 2.3 granted greater latitude to interagency sharing of that information. So essentially, what Obama did when he left the White House, when he left the White House, 
was he signed an executive order and made a revision that said and transferred, I, I guess would be the more appropriate way of putting it, it transferred a large portion of the White House's intelligence collecting ability to the bureaucracy, to the deep state, and took it away from the presidency. And that's the situation that Trump literally walked into. And I guess you could bet your bottom dollar that that's what he'll end up having to walk into again when it comes to 2024. Devin Nunes sent out a letter to the Director of National Intelligence, Dan Coats at the time, regarding the ongoing leaks of classified information that continued to keep happening after Trump had taken office. And in his letter, he pointed out uh, that officials within the Obama administration were doing this. He said, quote, We have found evidence that current and former government officials had easy access to U.S. person information and that it is possible that they use this information to achieve partisan political purposes, including the selective anonymous leaking of such information. Nunes noted that even that one official whose position had no apparent intelligence related function made hundreds of unmasking requests during the final year of the Obama administration. This is what Admiral Mike Rogers was testifying about when he went in front of Congress, the former director of the NSA, and he said in no uncertain terms that the intelligence was being taken by individuals who didn't have a right to have it, who didn't need it, who could only have been using it for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is political, uh, you know, deception, political operations, which is wildly illegal yet here we are that's how we got here today we're going to cover that and much more when we come back stay tuned you're listening to just informed talk radio the globalists say resistance is futile will you choose to accept your slavery or declare your liberty find out how on pac-man and the rev saturdays from one to two sometimes the truth hurts Are you looking to sell your excess construction equipment? Trust Steffes Group's team of professionals to get you the best return on your investment. Steffes Group is a nationally recognized leader in the auction business with over 60 years of experience. Their team of professionals prioritize honesty, integrity, and outstanding service, and they work with you every step of the way to ensure a smooth and successful auction process. Go to steffesgroup.com right now to find a sales representative near you and discuss your options today. Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. Now, we just went through how Obama took Section 2.3 and he used a revision of Section 2.3 of his executive order to essentially blind the White House as he was leaving in the last two weeks and keep them away from data or intelligence that was being collected by the NSA while expanding the access for the deep state to unfiltered and raw 
intelligence collected by the NSA, which we know, according to Edward Snowden, was essentially everything that was digitally communicated online, and that we talked about Michael Rogers, the former director of the NSA, giving testimony in front of Congress saying that the political weaponization of the intelligence community was clear and apparent given the fact that there were people accessing data and making requests for unmasking that should never have even been remotely close to intelligence gathering because all they were doing it for was for partisan political purposes, not for national security. And going even further, Michael Schellenberger gave testimony in front of Congress yesterday talking about how the government using in scope and power was law was breaking the law to benefit the censorship industrial complex as he calls it and that this essentially proves that the US and the UK military's leading role in censoring American speech was to target Trump supporters which is us that's us that's you and me right so it's not just Trump, it's us as well. Michael Schellenberger gave this testimony yesterday. Listen to this. Nine months ago, I testified and provided evidence to the subcommittee about the existence of a censorship industrial complex, a network of government agencies, including the Department of Homeland Security, government contractors, and big tech media platforms that conspired to censor ordinary Americans and elected officials alike for holding disfavored views. I regret to inform the subcommittee today that the scope, power, and lawbreaking of the censorship industrial complex are even worse than we had realized back in March. Two days ago, my colleagues and I published the first batch of internal files from the Cyber Threat Intelligence League, which show U.S. and U.K. military contractors working in 2019 and 2020 to both censor and turn sophisticated psychological operations and disinformation tactics developed abroad against the American people. Many insist that all that we identified in the Twitter files, the Facebook files, and the CTI files were legal activities by social media platforms to take down content that violated the terms of service. Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, and other big tech companies are privately owned, people point out, and free to censor content. And government officials are free to point out wrong information, they argue. But the First Amendment prohibits the government from abridging freedom of speech the Supreme Court has ruled that the government may not induce, encourage, or promote private persons to accomplish what is constitutionally forbidden to accomplish, and there's now a large body of evidence proving that the government did precisely that. What's more, the whistleblower who delivered the CTIL files to us says that its leader, a quote-unquote former British intelligence analyst, was quote-unquote in the room at the Obama White House in 2017 when she received the instructions to create a counter-disinformation project to quote, stop a repeat of 2016. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Information Security Agency, CISA, has been, at the center, been the center of gravity for much of the censorship, with the National Science Foundation financing the development of censorship and disinformation tools and other federal government agencies playing a supportive role. Emails from CISA's NGO and social media partners show that CISA created the Election Integrity Partnership, EIP, in 2020, which involved the Stanford Internet Observatory and other U.S. government contractors. 
EIP and its successor, the Virality Project, urged Twitter, Facebook, and other platforms to censor social media posts by ordinary citizens and elected officials alike. I don't know if you caught that, but that was Michael Schellenberger explaining how back in 2017, Obama brought in a top British intelligence official to organize an operation to stop 2016 from happening again. What do they mean when they say 2016? He means the election of Donald J. Trump. That's what we're up against here, folks. That's the serious nature of what we're dealing with. These are ruthless, cutthroat, demonically possessed, I believe, people. Stay tuned. We're going to cover that and more. You're listening to Just Form Talk Radio. We'll be back. This is Mark Call, host of the Come Out of Her My People show here on the Roar of the Rockies. Tune in to discover why, whether it's the law of the land or scripture, what you've probably heard it says is not what is written. It's time to come out of all of that. It's a perfect time to plant trees during the Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale. Buy the first tree at regular price and get a second tree for only 50 cents. Choose from thousands of carryout-sized shade trees, flowering trees, evergreen trees, and more. Buy one 7- to 8-foot-tall flowering tree for only two sixty-nine fifty, and get another tree for only 50 cents. That's two 7-gallon trees for only two seventy. dollars You Come take I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the tree farm. Listening to KHNC, the roar of the Rockies. I'm Elizabeth McDonald, and this is the Fox Business Report. Investors are picking up shares of Paramount Global, up nearly 6% in after-hours trading, following a report that the media conglomerates discussed the possibility with Apple of bundling their streaming services at a discounted price. Pfizer stock is falling after a setback in its push to grab a slice of the booming weight-loss drug market, currently worth about $10 billion. Pfizer saying it's not going to move to Phase 3 trial of a weight-loss drug as a twice-daily version. And the Wall Street Journal has news about a fast food favorite. The McDonald's Burger is getting a revamp. Some of the modifications to all-beef patties that are cooked in smaller batches for a more uniform sear. More secret special sauce with lettuce, cheese, and pickles that will be what they say are fresher and meltier. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Lillian Wu. I'm Lillian Wu, invested in... Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Stop. Clinically proven and FDA cleared to stop even arterial bleeds. Pour it into the wound, apply direct pressure, and clotting occurs in seconds. No stinging or burning. Minor cuts or major wounds. Bleed stop is a must for first aid kits, backpacks, and trauma bags. Find Bleed Stop by clicking on the Bleed Stop button on the 1360 KHNC webpage. Products and prices listed on the KHNC website are 20% off the regular Bleed Stop website prices. Get yours today. 
The Blue Dragon Spa is a man-friendly spa with women bringing their husbands and significant others in for pedicures all the time. Men's feet hurt too, don't forget. Blue Dragon Spa, 1811 Hover Street, Suites A and B, Longmont, Colorado, 720-680-0492. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Welcome back to Just Informed Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. This is hour two of the Just Informed Talk Radio show, and I hope you guys are having a great day. We're going to get into the Tinfoil Friday segment that you guys, I'm sure, have been looking forward to. You know, every Friday we do our Tinfoil Friday segment where we ask the questions that the fake news won't ask. We dive down the rabbit hole. We take the red pill, and we examine topics that they certainly don't want us to look at closely. Now, what are we going to talk about today? Well, it has a little bit to do with some news that's been uh, just breaking, and then it's going to get into some other things. And we're starting with, um, and this dovetails perfectly in with what we were talking about at the end of the first hour with regard to how the intelligence services have been weaponized against not only Donald Trump, but private American citizens for political purposes, and that all of that was orchestrated by Obama on his way out after he had lost or, yeah, he had lost, essentially, the 2016 election. And what we're seeing here now is, is fascinating, right? We have this story that's just come out now. De- Democrat Senator Dick Durbin has now blocked Senator Marca- Marsha Blackburn's motion to subpoena Jeffrey Epstein's flight records. Now, listen to this. Earlier this month, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican from Tennessee, announced that she had filed a subpoena demanding the release of flight logs associated with the late financier Jeffrey Epstein, a figure notorious for his connections with high-profile individuals in human trafficking and sexual abuse. Blackburn has set her uh, sights on the private flight logs of the late Jeffrey Epstein, saying, quote, Since we're in the business of issuing subpoenas now, here are a few more that I filed, uh, subpoena to Jeffrey Epstein's estate to provide the flight logs for his private plane. She goes on, given the numerous allegations of human trafficking and sexual abuse surrounding Mr. Epstein, I think it is very important that we identify everybody that was on that plane and how many trips they took on that plane and the destinations to which they arrived. Senator Blackburn says, I think we all know what this is about. Senate Democrats have been after Justice Thomas, and we are fully aware of this. I think this whole charade is truly disgusting. Now, the reason that we're watching this happen, okay, is 
there is an effort, an ongoing effort in the Senate that is not being very widely covered or reported on at all for these Senate investigations surrounding U.S. Supreme Court justices. They are trying to take down conservative justices. They're trying to go after Clarence Thomas for some, you know, uh, supposedly getting a gift, which is like an RV from somebody, and and they're trying to say that that's, you know, a sign of corruption. And if there is something there, sure, we should all look at it, but The truth of the matter is that ever since Donald Trump became the president and was able to put in three U.S. Supreme Court justices who did not lean in the political direction of these left-wing activist lunatics, they've been hell-bent on trying to remove them by any means necessary. And why do I say by any means necessary? Because if you'll recall, there's been an open call to violence by the left against these U.S. Supreme Court justices. And if you don't believe me, all you have to do is go check the tape, check the news articles, see where we have deranged left-wing lunatics being inculcated to go to U.S. Supreme Court justices' homes and sit outside contemplating an assassination attempt or where you have direct and blatant flagrant violations of federal law protesters going to u.s supreme court justices private residences to violently intimidate their families and them and threaten them that if they don't rule a certain way that they will be harassed and intimidated and extorted into doing the political bidding of these left-wing lunatics. And we've seen this happen, especially, not entirely from, because there have been other rulings, but specifically and especially since the Roe v. Wade was kicked back down to the states. And it was overturned, essentially. So... Which, if you don't know what that is, that is the, 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 was the landmark case that basically federally legalized abortion, which the Supreme Court has basically ruled, is not in the purview of the federal court. It has to be a state issue, which is why you see states now taking it upon themselves to either completely take off all the guardrails on abortion, like you see in California and New York, or restrict it because it is murder and classify it as such in states like um, a lot of different red states, Texas and and Florida and others. So what you've seen here now is Marsha Blackburn responding to these subpoenas that were issued by Senate Democrats to go after associates and donors who, uh, or friends, quote-unquote, of Supreme Court justices to try to essentially make this case of corruption and impropriety based on, and this is just my my understanding of it, fact check me if if I'm uh, getting anything wrong here, but essentially what they've done is they've weaponized their subpoena power to go after Supreme Court justices because it's a last-ditch effort to try to invalidate and to undermine the U.S. Supreme Court because it is being ran with uh, a majority of conservative-leaning 
justices. That's to kind of put it in a nutshell. So what did Senator Marsha Blackburn do? So Senator Marsha Blackburn says, okay, well, if we're going to use subpoenas to, to, if we're really going to start using our subpoena power, I'm going to start subpoenaing the files of Jeffrey Epstein. What a novel thing, the flight logs. And of course, this led to uh, some heated exchanges and this is, uh, this is a third rail that they don't want anyone to touch, especially these U.S. senators who have a lot to lose. They may be, in fact, a part of Jeffrey Epstein's uh, private jet flight logs. But she essentially announced that she would file a subpoena demanding the release of the flight logs associated with Jeffrey Epstein because of his connection to human trafficking and sexual abuse, which it goes far beyond that. And when we come back on the other side of the break, I'm going to tell you what he really was. I have a great article that gives us a lot more detail on what he was actually doing. And let me just say this. It's much more complicated than you think. But... When Senator Marsha Blackburn decides to file this motion, to file this subpoena, the Senate Judiciary Committee Chair, Dick Durbin, blocked her request to release the flight logs, saying, quote, well, uh, they wanted to release the flight logs to pedophile Jeffrey Epstein and to subpoena Justice Sotomayor's staff. So now they're, they're going at each other, and Dick Durbin is basically canceling her ability to do it. And this begs the question, why is Senator Dick Durbin afraid for us to see Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs? What powerful people have compromised our congressmen and women to a point where they feel it necessary to protect a child sex trafficker and blackmailer like Jeffrey Epstein? who's not even alive anymore, if you believe what they tell us. Some people believe he is alive. But regardless, I want to be clear here. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what Jeffrey Epstein really was, according to a book that's come out recently. And we're going to get more information on all this. But hey, don't believe me. Do your own research. Oh, wait, that's right. They've censored it all out of, the, out of existence on the Internet. It doesn't exist anymore. You can't see it. Well, why would the big tech people and Senator Dick Turbin all not want you to see the same set of information? Perhaps it's because they are all blackmailed and compromised. Stay tuned. We'll be back. You're listening to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. 
Hello, friends. This is Bradley Dean, show host for the Sons of Liberty. Join me on KHNC 1360 AM every weekday at 8 p.m., Saturdays at 5 to 7 p.m., and Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio. I am your host, Craig James. We have a bit of breaking news here on the show. I'll just uh, throw it out there for anybody who's interested. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman on the Supreme Court, is now dead at the age of 93. So, obviously, that is something worth noting for anybody who is paying attention And it does kind of speak to what we've talked about here on the show just now with regard to the Supreme Court, right? But I guess that is news we'll get more information on later. But I'll tell you this. Sorry, I'm just trying to do more than one thing at once, which never goes well. We're going to keep going here. We have... um, this story I was telling you about Marsha Blackburn uh, subpoenaing the flight logs for Jeffrey Epstein's private plane, and that was blocked by Senate Judiciary Committee Chair Dick Durbin. Blackburn's quoted as saying, This is a sad day in the history of the prestigious Judiciary Committee and further underscores the left's two tier justice, uh, two tiers of justice crusade. Senate Democrats have long been trying to undermine the Supreme Court and Justice Clarence Thomas but want to ignore Justice Sotomayor allegedly using her taxpayer-funded staff to coordinate speaking engagements in exchange for selling and promoting thousands of her books. They also don't want to have a conversation about the estate of Jeffrey Epstein to find out the names of every person who participated in Jeffrey Epstein's human trafficking ring. Now, what I find interesting, right, is that There is a lot of speculation on who and what Jeffrey Epstein really was. But what we can all agree on at this point, I think, is that it's highly likely that Jeffrey Epstein was involved with intelligence services who were engaged in using child sex trafficking to blackmail high-ranking individuals politically, culturally, etc. And here we have this article by Bell Carter saying... Epstein and his lover, Ghislaine Maxwell, were Mossad operatives blackmailing famous personalities with videos of them betting underage girls. This is according to a book that's come out recently. A newly released book claimed that Jeffrey Epstein and his then-girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell, were spies for the Mossad or the Institute for Intelligence and Special Operations, the National Intelligence Agency, and the State of Israel. According to the piece, they lured prominent Western politicians and businessmen into sleeping with underage girls, and then took videos of them doing the act. They then used the footage to blackmail them later. Titled, Dead Men Tell No Tales, 
The book was written by American Media Inc.'s Dylan Howard, Melissa Cronin, and several others, other reporters who claim to have worked for eight years to unravel an international conspiracy, the likes of which we have never seen before. As part of the, uh, uh, excuse me, as part, here's, here's where it goes. <laughs> as per the authors, Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine's father, or Ghislaine, I don't know how to say her name. I call her Ghislaine. People always say it's Ghislaine or it's Ghislaine. It's how it's spelt, okay? I'm just pronouncing it how I read it. Ghislaine's father, who died of mysterious, of, in mysterious circumstances in 1991 after falling from his yacht and who was allegedly a Mossad spy, introduced Epstein to the spy world. Ari Ben Manash a former Israeli spy who claimed to be the older Maxwell's handler said he introduced Epstein to Mossad and wanted them to accept him as a part of the group. Epstein was hanging around, no pun intended, with Robert Maxwell and the daughter was hanging around there too. And that's how they met. The two young souls they met, he said in a separate interview, he said that the father felt that he could bless Epstein with some work and help him out in a paternal way. They were agents of the Israeli intelligence services later on. Ghislaine got involved with Israeli intelligence together with him, he added. According to the book, intel experts said that the couple used a honey trap to film prominent political figures having sex with underage girls so that they could later blackmail them. Epstein was sort of flying very important people around the world, providing young girls for some of them, they said, if you put people like Clinton on this pl on his planes and you can put Ehud Baral, a former prime minister of Israel and a former general, then he is a guy who matters to you. If he is going to be your friend, he is going to work for you. He is going to be an asset to you. Look what he can do. Martin Dillon, an author who wrote a book about Maxwell's Mossad links, said that Epstein can give information on all of those politicians. As per many of the victims, Epstein's Upper East Side house was rigged with cameras, which filmed the bedrooms and bathrooms. One of them said he told her keep or told her he kept the footage in a safe. However, to date, no proof that Epstein filmed other celebrities and politicians doing the deed has come out. They raided Epstein's Upper East Side home last July and took passports, cash, diamonds from it, including other things. Now. Let's kind of uh, unpack from there, right? Because there's more, but I just want to kind of recap where we're at here. So what this article is essentially outlining is this connection between Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, and Mossad Israeli intelligence. Now, there is a connection there, obviously, but I think it would be rather short-sighted to assume that the only intelligence service that Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell were beholden to was the Israeli intelligence service. I would say it is more reasonable to speculate that both the CIA and the Mossad Israeli intelligence were working with and knew about Jeffrey Epstein and using the information that he provided as a way to extort powerful individuals and to blackmail them into doing 
their dirty deeds. So when you take that in, com- in combination with what we're seeing here, it starts to paint a really dark picture. But the article goes on. The convicted sex offender hanged himself, according to reports, in his cell at the Metropolitan Correctional Facility in New York in August 2019. His attorneys have suggested he was murdered, but the New York Medical Examiner ruled definitively the same year that he died of suicide by hanging. Meanwhile, his former lover is serving out her 20-year sentence in a low-security Florida prison. In 2021, Maxwell was found guilty of child sex trafficking and other offenses in connection with Epstein. She was also known as the prison Karen for all the complaints, whining about several things, just as such as her prison diet and 6 a.m. wake-up time. Now, one thing to remember about Gislang, Gislang, Ghislaine, whatever her name is, Maxwell, the daughter of Robert Maxwell, who, who is widely known as a, a as Mossad spy, is that she is probably the only person in the history of the world to be sentenced for child sex trafficking to no one. Right? Isn't that always that's kind of the observation people make. How do you how do you have a, a woman be found guilty of sex trafficking children and not have the individuals who were, were taking the children, who were sexually assaulting children, right? You'd think that perhaps, I mean, if you're running a case, like if you're in the FBI and you're trying to put together a case for, I don't know, child sex trafficking, that one of the major components would be the people raping the children, right? I mean, that's just my line of thought. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist. But again, this is Tinfoil Friday, so we kind of, we push the boundaries here a little bit. Specifically for no other reason than how insanely crazy this whole thing is. I don't want to talk about this stuff. You think I want to sit here and talk about how corrupt our our government is and how there are sick, demonic individuals uh, hurting children and doing it so that they can blackmail one another to, to become more powerful? In this fallen, disgusting world, sometimes it can be. Not always. But in this regard, it is. And I'll tell you what. No, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to cover this. I don't want this to be real. But I'll tell you what. At minimum, for the sake of these children and future children who will undoubtedly fall victim to these kind of things, I think it's very much an important topic to cover and if we're lucky, God willing, we can at least find justice for the people who are not only engaging in this disgusting criminal act of hurting children, but find out who these people are so that we can get them out of positions of power and authority. Wouldn't that be a novel thing? What a novel idea, you know? Let's try to go after the people who were receiving the sex trafficked children from Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, right? See, but those people are very powerful. That's the problem. We know. How many, how many flights did uh, 
Clinton take on Jeffrey Epstein's private plane? How many? I, I don't, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's like 20, maybe 30, somewhere in that ballpark. And it's not like he just lent him his jet because that's what these rich people do where, you know, you owe somebody a favor and you're like, okay, he's at the, he's at the airport, his jet's here. He, so like, I'll give you an example of what these rich people do. Right. So in, in this, I think people have alleged that, that Trump did this. I'm not hundred percent clear on that, but wealthy people will have their jet in, let's say Palm beach, right? Like Jeffrey Epstein would. And Jeffrey Epstein is in, let's say New York. He got up there some other way, some other jet, some other mode of transportation. And he needs to get his jet from Florida to New York, and so happens that another rich person is in Florida and needs to go to New York. The jet's flying there anyway, and they're all in these circles, and he's just like, hey, you know what? Take my jet up. Uh, it's fine. You know, it needs to get up here anyway. And this is like a normal thing, right? So if that's what, what Bill Clinton was doing, I, I, I almost am like, all right, I, I know it because that's how these rich people do. And then they, they try to use that as a favor. It's like, oh, well, I did the favor for you. I let you use my private jet. Now you scratch my back, you know? It's almost a kind of, for politicians, it would be a kind of in-kind donation. For, for business people, it would be a kind of, you know, uh, you could write it off as like a business expense almost, like, uh, you know, doing that favor will lead to some favor for you down the line. I could understand that because that's like the thing they say about Trump. But what I don't understand is going to take several trips to Jeffrey Epstein's private island where you have temples that are built like ancient, uh, uh, you know, pagan temples to Nimrod that are engaged in all kinds of what can only be described as you know, occult activity surrounding, you know, the worship of different pagan idols. And then on top of that, having the children who are sex trafficked come forward and say, I was sex trafficked to rich and powerful people on Epstein Island by Jeffrey Epstein. Perhaps that's something a little bit different, right? Because I know people are going to, some people always want to go to the, you know, Trump's in the same club. I mean, Trump did a lot of things that, that none of these other people did. Trump back in the day was, was the one who kicked him out of his club because he was creeping on little girls. And so, and, and Trump admits that he was a businessman who was in these circles because that's how you get influence and power, Right. And that's why he's uh, uh, been such a great and valuable asset to the America First, uh, the, the Make America Great Again, America First you know, nationalist movement is because he's seen it from the inside and he's trying to expose it from the outside, which should tell you a lot about how they hate and loathe him because they're trying to put him in prison for the rest of his life. And is it perhaps because him and General Flynn... And a lot of these other people know where the bodies are buried, and they don't want them to be able to expose it. 
Unless that's what General Flynn said. General Flynn said in no uncertain terms a few weeks ago that most of Washington are blackmailed because they've been having inappropriate relationships with children. I'll, I'll say it that way. So this is the level of evil we're dealing with here, and it gets worse. Stay tuned. We have more information. You're listening to Just Form Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. This is Rick Rodriguez. Christ said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Join me on Sundays from 9 to noon for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program on 1360 AM KHNC. Hi, this is Craig James from Just Informed Talk Radio, and I'm here to tell you about my kind CBD products. I have been using these products myself, and I can tell you this is the highest quality CBD product I've ever used in my life. My kind CBD products are 100% THC free, locally sourced from Colorado hemp farmers, and they're organic. And if you want, you can give them a shot today by going to 1360KHNC.com slash shop. And when you do, make sure you try out everything from the sunscreen, to the lotion, to the salve, to the retinol cream, to the tinctures, to the cocoa, to the coffee, to the tea, everything in between. And make sure you try out the pet products as well. They have pet shampoo and pet tincture. You're not going to be disappointed. These products are white labeled and sold in high-end stores and boutique salons for two, three, and four times the price you're going to be paying at 1360KHNC.com shop straight from the manufacturer. So go there and buy your products today. And I know you're going to become a repeat customer just like me. Hi, this is Tammy Cuthbert Garcia with Naturally Inspired Radio. Tune in Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. for the latest in natural health news. Get real solutions for healthy living and hear from our inspiring guests that are leading the way in health and freedom. Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James, and we're continuing down this thread, the rabbit hole here on Tinfoil Friday. We've taken the red pill, and we're peeling back the layers of deception behind Jeffrey Epstein, which this all started when Senator Marsha Blackburn filed a subpoena to, to obtain the flight logs of the deceased uh, alleged Mossad spy and intelligence agency uh, blackmailing operative Jeffrey Epstein and his private pl- plane. And this is all coming from an attack by Senate Democrats against Supreme Court justices, including Clarence Thomas. The Senate Democrats are now trying to use their subpoena power to bring in individuals to make a case for corruption against Supreme Court justices, including Clarence Thomas, specifically for the reason that they want to remove them from power. And in response, Senator Marsha Blackburn issued a subpoena against the flight logs of Jeffrey Epstein and the staff of justice supreme court justice sotomayor with regard to her leveraging her 
governmental position to essentially sell her book using her staff and others to enrich herself, essentially. So that's where this whole thread came from. And now we're talking about Jeffrey Epstein, Gislaine, Ghislaine, Gislaine, whatever you want to call her, Maxwell, the daughter of a known Mossad, Israeli intelligence spy, Robert Maxwell, whose mysterious death, mysterious death is interesting at best. He died, you know, slipping and falling off his yacht, apparently. But, which we all know what that is in the spy world. But I was going through the case of Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, and I'm talking about here how this report alleges that this new book that's come out has alleged some pretty big things. The report or the book says that the, the Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell, whatever you want to call her, said that the couple... This is according to Intel experts say that the couple used a honey trap to film prominent political figures having sex with underage girls so that they could later blackmail them. And we talk about the connections to Bill Clinton and other high ranking political figures and Hollywood actors and many others. And the report goes on. To talk about Caroline Adriano. Now, why is she important? She was a victim of Jeffrey Epstein. She had information that they didn't want getting out, and she just recently died. Caroline Adriano, a victim of Epstein, has died according to reports. She passed away earlier this year, but there was no obituary or funeral service. Recently, the police in West Palm Beach in Florida opened an investigation into her death and found that she died of an accidental quote-unquote overdose. Sure. According to the Daily Beast, the 36-year-old mother of five had planned to start a new chapter in North Carolina at a new house with a fireplace and a half-acre lot with a chicken coop. Andriano and her husband, John Pitts, had purchased the property just weeks before she was found unresponsive in the West Palm Beach hotel room on May 23rd before her death. She was ecstatic. Andriano's mother, Dorothy Gronert, Gronert, told the independent news outlet she was all set up for a whole new lifestyle. While a cause or manner of death hasn't been released, a toxicology report indicated she had a methadone, fentanyl, and alprazolam, alprazolam in her system the day she passed. Lewis Nelson, professor and chair at the Rutgers, New Jersey Medical School's Department of Emergency Medicine and director of the Division of Medical Toxicology said alprazolam and fentanyl can be a dangerous combination as both drugs suppress breathing. Her fentanyl use was very recent, said Nelson, who was not involved in the case but independently reviewed her toxicology report. My postulation is she was is on methadone, takes a high dose, she took fentanyl, and she died quickly. The low levels of met- metabolite of fentanyl, Nelson added, suggest that she died before her body had time to metabolize the drug. 
Blood work, however, doesn't usually paint the picture. And she is a victim of this sex trafficking who is now no longer with us. So we have a few textures texting in, and, and we're going to get to those right now. Uh, we have our friend Sandra texting and saying, Good morning, Craig. Outstanding show just before President Trump took office. Barry Satoro, also known as Barack Obama, corrupted every single exec- executive order. The White House archives list all of them, including the unconstitutional the surveillance of Americans, and this included spying on Donald Trump's campaign and his personal life. I pray our Heavenly Father for to our Heavenly Father for godly men and women to be appointed the offices and to eradicate these government gangsters and uniparty shields to be removed out of our midst. God bless you. Thank you, Sandra. I appreciate that, and God bless you as well. Another texter texts in saying that uh, we're back live, which is good. We've been uh, fixing some things around here, so a little technical glitch, but uh, we're getting it fixed immediately. It is being worked on. It's good. that I'm glad we're back on. Okay, so there is more, and, and I'm going to play this clip, which I think is very important. Uh, if we have time, hopefully we do. This goes into the theory surrounding Pizzagate, right? You guys remember Pizzagate? What is Pizzagate? Well, I'll explain it very quickly with uh, a video here that uh, kind of walks you through what it is. This is insane. So many people in the mainstream media have said Pizzagate is a conspiracy theory. Pizzagate has been debunked. It has not been debunked. If it's been debunked, explain the code words. No one to this day, including John Podesta himself, can explain the code words in his emails. Hey, John Podesta, can you please explain why you have children rented for entertainment for your adult hot tub parties? No one has ever explained why John Podesta has literal pedophile and cannibalism paintings all over his office and his home. Tony Podesta, too. And then you look into the spirit cooking dinners. And you look into Marina Abramovic, who's the one that was conducting the spirit cooking dinners. Why are they going to spirit cooking dinners? Why are they sacrificing chickens to Moloch in their backyard? This isn't my words. This is their words. This is in their emails. I'd be willing to debate anyone who thinks that Pizzagate has been debunked. You asked me when, yeah. uh, when did, uh, how, am I getting additional briefings? That, that was the first and last time I talked So October 9th is the last time you've heard from the FBI at all. Yes. You have not got an update on the investigation My, to your personal email. That, that is correct. So not only did the mainstream media lie to you about Pizzagate, they actually told you that it was illegal to read John Podesta's emails on WikiLeaks. Chris Cuomo, with a straight face on CNN, looked into the cameras and said, it's illegal for you to read John Podesta's emails. Also interesting is remember, it's illegal to possess uh, these stolen documents. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. That's from how scared us, they us, are of those emails. Us. And that's how explosive the content in those emails are. That they felt the need that they had to tell you you could not read those emails and if you do, you might get arrested. Lie. 
products. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. I'll tell you what. When we come back, I'm going to get more information done. But I mean, Tony Podesta or John Podesta, his emails, I mean, they're talking about they're using the code language for child trafficking. They're talking about sacrificing chickens to Moloch, a pagan satanic idol. This stuff is crazy, but nobody cares. Nobody's reporting. It's all censored. Stay tuned. We'll be back after the break. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. The Podesta emails, Epstein Island, Hunter's laptop, the 2020 stolen election. What truths are they hiding? Find out this and more on Just Informed Talk Radio, weekdays from 7 to 9 a.m. You can run on for a long time. Welcome back to Just Informed Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James. And, you know, of course, this is Tinfoil Friday where we, we go a little bit deeper into some stories that, of course, the fake news media doesn't want you to have access to or to even look at more closely. And, and today we've been talking about Jeffrey Epstein, Marsha Blackburn, the senator from Tennessee, she issued a subpoena. She filed for a subpoena that was blocked by Senate Democrat Dick Durbin, who is the head of the Judicial Oversight Committee. And this all started from about over trying to use the power of subpoena by the Congress to go after Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. And we kind of talked about how Epstein and his lover, Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell, were Mossad operatives, blackmailing personalities with videos of them betting underage girls. We talked about the history of Ghislaine Maxwell, her connections with her father to Mossad, Israeli intelligence, how as most likely also connected to U.S. and other intelligence services, and that they were basically blackmailing individuals and using that blackmail against them. And I just kind of dovetailed that into Pizzagate because it all relates to these same people, these same circles, right? Because just as much as Bill Clinton, Bill Gates, and all these other sickos who are going to Epstein's Island regularly, probably to engage in sexual relations with children, just like they're not facing any charges or investigations regarding all this pizzagate still is one of the the biggest conspiracy theories out there that has a mountain of evidence proving it's real and people still to this day claim 
that there is no substance behind it. Even though we have a mountain of evidence, even if you just look at what WikiLeaks released in the Podesta emails that show clearly conversations being had between John Podesta and others making reference to things like sacrificing a chicken to Moloch. Now, according to the FBI and their reporting, they put out a memo a few years back that explains what different child sex trafficking terminology is. And it explains what kind of symbology is used to denote individuals so they could recognize one another as being a part of a group of individuals who would like to abuse children. And a lot of that is referenced with a term called pizza, specifically cheese pizza, which is another reference to child exploitive material, right, that they would share in amongst one another. But then further, there are other terms, and one of the terms perhaps, uh, according to the reports that have been issued from the FBI, is a term called chicken, which I don't even remember what that means per the report, but I do know that regardless uh, whether it's, it's the, the, the term that's used to describe a child exploitative uh, or it's a term to exploit children or it's just a, a chicken, like a chicken chicken, in the emails you have Tony or John Podesta writing about sacrificing a chicken to Moloch. Now let me ask you, and, and if you know anything about the Bible, you understand that Moloch is uh, the ancient, I think it's an owl-type pagan god that was worshipped, right? So you're talking about satanic stuff here. These guys are making sacrifices to satanic pagan idols. And we're just supposed to be like, oh, yeah, that's totally cool. This is why, among many other reasons, I believe this country needs to go back to Christianity. We need to go back to Christ. We need a, we need a revival like never before. The people running this country, it's, it, it's just like, oh, that's cool. John Podesta, who was, you know, the right-hand man of... Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, and he was one of their top political operators, top administration officials. He's just talking about sacrificing chickens to Moloch, having kids over to his house, renting them for parties. And they're talking about other things. Uh, one of the references in the email is uh, that they, they forgot a pizza-related handkerchief. Now, a handkerchief is another thing that was exposed by some in-depth reporting and, and some FBI uh, investigations that they use handkerchiefs to denote what their their sexual pervert perverted uh, preferences, right? And that they have these pizza-related handkerchiefs. What does that even mean? Have you ever heard of the term pizza-related handkerchief in your life? What could that mean other than a term for child sex trafficking and, and all that. And I know I said we were going to get into AI and some other things today, but but we'll we'll save that for next Friday because it's it, it's not going anywhere. And I want I really, really drive the point home on this that I'm just scratching the surface of this Pete Skate stuff because we're not even getting into 
which is hard. It's hard to even describe it because it's so sick and disgusting. But the artwork that is hanging all around John and Tony Podesta's homes or the, 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 the comet ping pong pizza and the satanic sim, uh, symbolism surrounding all of that. And James Alephantis being uh, referenced in GQ magazine as one of the most influential people in Washington, D.C. He owns a pizza shop. How do you become the, one of the top 50 most influential people in Washington, D.C. owning a pizza shop? Who, by the way, his boyfriend was David Brock, the guy who runs Media Matters. And if you don't want, Media Matters is one of the, the most disgusting and vile, lying, left-wing propagandist media organizations out there that did everything they could to debunk and, and, and to, to derail investigations into Pizzagate. And yeah, I know some lunatic went to, to the ping pong, Comet Ping Pong Pizza and shot a gun yeah, that, that's crazy. That's, that, the guy was not, not right in the mind. But, and, and, and nobody's calling for this at all. All we're saying is, for the love of what's good here, people, these men have pictures of children in bondage as artwork in their homes. Who does that? Who writes an email saying, we're going to sacrifice a chicken to Moloch? Who does that? These are sick and evil people. And guess what? This is part of why I'm not allowed on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter because I talk about these things. And it's why probably you, some of you out there, have probably lost your ability to access the digital public square because we call it for what it is. It's sick, it's disgusting, it's demonic, it's satanic, it's pure, unadulterated evil. I'm staring at an empty grave. So that's Tinfoil Friday. When we come back, there is hope, guys. Hope found in the gospel. This is a fallen world with some sick and dark things, but there is a light that shines brighter than it all, and it will expose all of this evil, and it will come just on the other side of the break when we read the scripture and go to the text to find inspiration and hope for today because I don't want to leave you guys with that negativity i want to leave you with something positive to go out and do great things for christ we can fight this evil and stand up to it but we have to put god first and let him lead us we'll be back stay tuned get ready to embark on an extraordinary journey with calvin crosby better known as the deaf blind potter and his over 15 million followers right here on khnc every monday at five o'clock p.m kelvin will motivate you and show you how to live beyond life's challenges right here on am 1360 the Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale is going on now. Choose from thousands of carry-out-sized trees that are easy to handle and easy to plant. While supplies last, buy the first tree at regular price and mix or match a second tree for only 50 cents. Thousands of shade trees, flowering trees, fruit trees, evergreen trees, ornamental trees, and more. Also, huge savings on shrubs and perennials. You Come take I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the Tree Farm.
Welcome back to Just Form Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig James, and we're going to keep going here. You know, our God's Grace is Greater segment is where we end every episode of this show, and today is no different. We're going to talk about the book of Psalm. We've started the book of Psalm a couple weeks ago. We're in Psalm 8 today, and this psalm speaks about God's glory and man's dignity. This is another Davidic psalm. And I really hope that these words give you inspiration and hope going out in this world. Because I know that, that what we've talked about up to this point, a lot of it is these are dark themes. There's a lot of darkness in this world. But we have to have trust in God to provide us clarity, to do the right thing, to help others. And I think a lot of people say, you know, a lot of people's argument, especially atheists and others, will be, you know, well, why would God let these kind of things happen? And the truth is, nobody can know God's will. But there is ultimately a plan for good, a future and a hope, Jeremiah 29, 11. And I think we have to have faith in that and trust that and understand that a part of living in a fallen world means we're going to be surrounded by evil. And a part of our ability to have free choice, which God has given us, the ability to choose is that we have to individually make the decision to choose to do what is right. God's given us that, that freedom. He's, he loved us so much that not only did he give us that freedom, but he gave his one and only son so that we could be free from the sin that we are, are basically completely guilty of from the moment that we become a part of this fallen world. Right? And... These verses that we're going to read, I hope, give you uh, some encouragement, some discernment, and I hope they speak to you wherever you're at. And I hope that you remind yourself, as I do every day, that God is with us and that, yes, there's going to be, there's going to be things that happen. There's going to be hardship and trial and suffering and affliction. But as my friend uh, would put it, but if, if you can find the joy somewhere in amongst that, that's what it, what it really is. And this is a joyful psalm, so I'm going to read it. It says, Yahweh, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. You have covered the heavens with your majesty because of your adversaries. You have established a stronghold from the mouths of children and nursing infants to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you set in place, what is man that you remember him? The son of man that you look after him. You made him little less than God and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him Lord over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all the sheep and oxen, as well as the animals in the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea that pass through the currents of the seas. Yahweh, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. And that's what we have to remind ourselves, that in and amongst all of this trial, Affliction, chaos, darkness, God still has made this magnificent world in which we live, and we can find hope throughout. We can look around us every day and choose to, to look directly at the things which give us hope and encouragement and use those things to not only help ourselves, but to go out in the world and do good unto others. So in a world where there is so much darkness, in a world where there is so much fear and anger and distrust and hate and, and just complete and total evil, 
Remind yourself how magnificent God is and his creation and how lucky and blessed we are to be here today. And that with that blessing comes an opportunity to live for God more strongly and righteously every day. I hope you guys do that. And, and if you haven't yet accepted Jesus as your Savior, I just want to encourage you in this, this way. It's never too late. You're never too far gone. Now's the time. Say a prayer, open your heart, repent of your sin, accept Jesus as your Lord, and watch him do things in your life that you never thought were possible. So that's where we're going to go ahead and leave it. I'm very thankful and blessed for all of you out there listening. Stay tuned. Patriot Radio News Hour coming up next. Joe Walker, Joe Janquit, and Jason Walker. Uh, it's going to be a great show, I'm sure. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Until then, my name is Craig James. You're listening to Just Form Talk Radio. Godspeed and God bless each and every one of you, Patriots. Patriots.